This is the MG Car Club podcast with Wayne Scott and Adam Sloman. On this week's episode, we talk about MG Midgets ahead of their 60th anniversary in 2021. And we interview Kieran Lyon from Scenic Car Tours on how to get the most out of your MG with MG Car Club Tours. The MG Car Club podcast. Hello, welcome to another MG Car Club podcast. Hope you're well. Wayne Scott here with you in the middle of October and it's looking all very autumnal out the window. Is it looking the same over at Kimber House where you are, Adam? It's a little bit grey here today, mate. Is um, it? Oh, yeah, I, I can't see any trees out the window at the moment. I can see the the sun sort of starting to dip um, as the clocks get ready to change. But yeah, it's uh, it's certainly autumnal. You can definitely feel that chill in the air in the morning. Yeah, it's amazing how fast this year has gone. I don't know about you, but it's just gone past with a blink, really. And all this COVID lockdown stuff has just made the year just sort of zoom by because there's none of the usual things that you do. I don't know if anyone else has felt that. Got no bearings on where I am in the year this year. It's a very weird one. Yeah, definitely. It's been surreal, I think, is the best word mm. for it. But um, yeah, despite that, we've uh, we've had a pretty good year, I think, so far. Well, fantastic celebrations that we enjoyed at uh, Gaydon a couple of weeks ago and we just published the video from that uh, over the uh, last week so hopefully everyone's managed to see that on the newsletter that goes out from the MG Car Club and also of course all of our social media streams as well and like we said in the video and like we said on last week's episode it was great to just see so many lovely cars out and it was just a touch of normality for us wasn't it? Yeah it really did feel like a, a more normal time which is something I know a lot of people have been craving and yeah it was lovely to to get different cars together different people together and do something that felt safe and was you know thanks to the efforts of the british motor museum and, and the rest of the team here at kimber house a really really good day out well you can watch that video online now at mgcc.co.uk just go to our news pages there and you can see all the photos and uh, reports from the event and of course there'll be a full report on that event in safety fast magazine as well and another video that we put out in the last week was our lovely chairman's address wasn't it and of course we had all sorts of grand plans for celebrating 90 years of the mg car club down at kimber house we had an idea to have a bit of a party and cars outside and everything going on but covid put paid to that unfortunately again this year but we did manage to cut a bit of a cake and uh, have some balloons up and of course the chairman there bill silcock gave us a lovely uh, address didn't he and, and shared some words of wisdom it was a nice moment yeah it was it was a proper sort of club moment if you like bill is um Bill has done a tremendous job as the club chairman this year and yeah to be able to sort of celebrate with him was was nice it wasn't what we had planned um, but I can assure you all that the cake was lovely it was what I would call dense that cake you know sometimes you get these cakes and there's not much to them but that oh, yeah it was plenty to go out with that cake <laughs> it was a good one and uh, yeah uh, we must give thanks to our lovely cake maker who made it for us mustn't we yeah so Laura um, who works here at Kimber House um, she's always very uh, resistant to making cake she always says they're not going to be good enough or they're not going to be tasty or but nothing could be further from the truth she's a tremendous baker and uh, once again she um, she did us proud with a really lovely birthday cake so thank you Laura I had the world's biggest slice ever <laughs> 
Gemma came down with us. I wouldn't say it was big, but she had to bring it down with an engine crane just to lift it into the room. So, uh, no, I, I enjoyed that. And uh, it was nice to see you giving us a tour around Kimber House as well. And if you've never visited Kimber House, of course, the home of the MG Car Club, you can watch Adam as he takes you on a little bit of a tour through the archives, through the shop, and uh, past all of the uh, museum items that the MG Car Club have at Kimber House. And we end up, of course, in that video in the awards room where all the trophies are kept and you uh, show us the California Cup amongst others and it's a nice way of just having a look round the club headquarters because not many people will have been I suppose. No it was a bit of a whistle stop tour and you know normally during um, a more normal year we would get quite a few visitors throughout the year especially in June in the run up to MG Live and again we see a bit of a blip around this time of year around the time of the Goodwood Revival and Bewley Auto Jumble um, but obviously for, for obvious reasons this year we've we've kept Kimber House closed um, which has been a real shame because there's nothing we like more than you suddenly hear the, the, the engine note of, of what you know is immediately an MG and we all sort of rushed to the window to see who's coming to visit us on, on a particular day. And yeah, it's not quite been the same without being able to welcome visitors here. So we wanted to do something that, again, was the next best thing. And if you've not had the chance to come to Kimber House, you can have a bit of a look. And hopefully, you know, you'll see enough stuff that you like that when we can open the doors again, people do start coming back to see us because there's nothing we like more than, than welcoming visitors, sticking the kettle on and, and cracking open the biscuit tins. Of course, what we didn't see in that video was upstairs, and that is where all of the offices are, where the staff are working hard to keep the MG Car Club going uh, throughout this year. And uh, it's been hard work for everyone, really, but you have got a full complement of staff back in Kimber House. They are sat in various different places now from what they were before, but the staff yeah. are still working there, aren't they? And uh, have done a tremendous job, really, to keep the car club going through these weird times. Definitely. I mean, Liz and Sharina, so Liz is our membership secretary. So when you join the club or renew, it's Liz that looks after that for you. And obviously, Inika is our shop manager, does a tremendous job with the merchandise. Um, those guys were able to continue working here at Kimber House right through the very sort of depths of lockdown, uh, while the rest of us sort of grabbed as much IT gear that we needed and worked from home. But now we are all back at Kimber House, and in a lot of ways it does feel like it used to. Um, but if you were to come upstairs, you would notice that desks are more spaced out. Um, it's not the most aesthetically pleasing layout upstairs here at the moment because we've done things to keep people safe and to maintain those distances so that we can all continue working here from, from the main clubhouse. So it's it's different, Um but a lot of it feels familiar and it is really nice to be back with the team because we all do get along. We all are a really close-knit team. And when you are all working remotely and are working from home, it's it's kind of sad not seeing your workmates. We are a big family here in the MG community, not only across the world and across the membership, but in the Kimber House team as well. So uh, as you say, good to see everyone together. You might remember back in episode one of the MG Car Club podcast, way back in April of this year when we started this series, we spoke to Charlotte Vowden about Frisky the MGA, a fantastic story that you can still hear if you go back to uh, episode one via mgpodcast.uk. Well, uh, Frisky and Charlotte are in the news at the moment because, of course, coming up very soon is Remembrance Sunday. 
and um, they've teamed up with Mission Motorsport, who usually do the annual race of remembrance, but that's been cancelled this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic, just like everything else. So what they're doing is they're doing their little bits to help Mission Motorsport, who are, of course, based at Bista Heritage, uh, to uh, raise some money by pushing Frisky, the MGA, around the test track at Bista Heritage. You can read the full story of this on the MG Car Club website at the moment, mgcc.co.uk. But effectively, this is the brainchild of Adam Gompertz, who is the chaplain at Bista Heritage. And uh, he's the lucky chap who's going to have to go pushing Frisky around. Apparently, he's got to do a sermon after this. He's got to talk to all his parishioners and stuff. For He's got to do the uh, service for Remembrance Day straight afterwards. So uh, he's going to need straightening out after pushing <laughs> such a little car uh, around a track. But uh, you can find out more. They've got a Virgin Money giving page where they're raising funds for Mission Motorsport. Uh, on Remembrance uh, Day, and it's happening on the Remembrance Sunday, which is Sunday the 8th of November. Uh, that's hard work, I reckon, Adam. Yeah, rather them than me. Uh, good job that uh, Adam is a man of the cloth, because I'm sure the man upstairs will be giving him a <laughs> bit of a hand and a bit of a push. So, no, fair play to them, because that's, uh, that's quite an achievement. Yeah, absolutely. I just hope the weather's nice, because it's going to be hard enough without it pouring with rain as well while you're pushing the car around. Um, and well, you know what they say, mate. The sun does shine on the righteous, so I'm sure they'll be fine. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, they're aiming to cover as many laps as possible within a three-hour limit. That's how this is working. And the team's challenge, so you can read more about that at mgcc.co.uk. And looking ahead to next year, of course, MG Live is in the planning, Adam, isn't it? And we do intend to return to Silverstone, all being well. Yes, so we're still um, in the very much in the planning stage for MG Live 2021. Um, we've missed it terribly over the last couple of years, so we are in full-on planning mode, and the plan at the moment is to return to Silverstone. Anyone who had tickets for MG Live for this year, your ticket automatically carries over to next year's event. Um, and yeah, we're, we're very much looking forward to getting back to Silverstone, getting back to MG Live, and putting on that big party over that weekend. Well, one of the big things that's happening, of course, next year, uh, one of the things we'd like to celebrate is 60 years of the MG Midget. Uh, amazing to think that that little car is now 60 years old. Launched, of course, in the same year as some other massive icons in British motoring history. The uh, Mini Cooper arrived in 1961, as well as the Jaguar E-Type, of course. But although the MG Midget name had been used before with... MGs and of course the predecessors being the M-Type in the pre-war times, um, the midget really came into its own in terms of mass market from 1961 onwards, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, it really was a tremendous um, marketing idea from BMC to take the Frog Eye Sprite and to give it that mass market appeal by making it, you know, the MG Midget and the Mark II Healy. Um, I think the Midget is a, is a really underrated um, MG. I'd love one. Well, it was announced at the end of June that year, back in 1961, and it was slightly more expensive than the Mark II Austin Healey Sprite. Yeah, it was a section of the market that really had been left by the T-types. MG had 
managed to make this market their own but had long since sort of removed themselves from it really and of course have been focusing on more larger sports cars like the mga and uh, other manufacturers were also making affordable sports cars but none of them were particularly in that mass market of little tiny sports cars are what i like to call them <laughs> and uh of course standard triumph would later follow the year later uh, their answer to that uh, market was of course the triumph spitfire but the austin healy sprite was there first and uh, it was a budget sports car so budget in fact that those very early cars actually uh, didn't come with any wet weather gear you had to specify that as an option i believe at the time and uh, access to the rear of the car was by fondling about behind the seats <laughs> yeah, in order yeah. to get this stuff that had fallen into the back of the boot somewhere it's dark in there by the way if ever you lose something in, the, in an early midget boot <laughs> it really did change the world didn't it when mg relaunched the midget name albeit badge engineered as they were into by that point but of course it would last for ages right the way up to 1980 and it was only just outlasted by the mgb and went through so many different iterations up until that very last one of course which had the 1500 triumph engine in it and those rubber bumpers but i mean what a car most people in their life have a memory of some kind about an mg midget yeah absolutely i mean my dad had a midget when when i was little we had a we had a an mgb we had the bgt and a midget um and i've always wanted my own midget i did have a midget shortly before i came to work for the mg car club i had a, a yellow rubber bumper midget 1500 that cost me the princely sum of 150 pounds um it was a, a flintstone spec model um if you know what that means um so lots of holes in the floor uh I never succeeded in getting that car restored because work brought me to Abingdon and, and the car club. But uh, I've still got a craving for a rubber bumper midget in, in something like an Inca Yellow or a Vermilion, something that really contrasts with those bumpers. I just think they look really, really smart. And they're still amongst the most affordable classic MGs. Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, they started very early on in 1961. Those very early cars they are so cute by the way they look like a little animal you can pet a very early midget but as the model developed various different styling cues changed on them and probably most people would consider that the early 70s cars what we call the round arch cars are probably the ones that most people hanker after um, they left abingdon from 1971 onwards um, and they, of course, they sort of ended when the rubber bumpers arrived in 1974. But I think, I mean, I'm guessing here, but I, I think that's usually what most people would regard as the most sought after midgets. Would you agree with that? Um, yes and no. Um, I think the early ones are are very, very pretty. Um, you've obviously got the, the early touches, such as the, the chrome strip and the bonnet um, that, and, the, and the full chrome grille. Um, and a lot of the early ones had uh, optional wire wheels. Um, and then, of course, you, you simplify things and things got sort of cleaned up where they went to the Mark II. Um, and, of course, you then had the switch from, from square wheel arches at the back to the round wheel arches and then the switch back. Um, there's lots of stories about why that was done. Some people say it's because the, the round 
wheel arch cars were, were weaker in a rear impact. Um, I don't know the story of why they switched from one back to the other. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, the mid-70s cars with that 1275 are probably the, the prettiest um, of, of the midgets. Um, and that, 12, that 1275 A-series engine is so tunable um, and so much fun to play with. Um, yeah, overall on balance, that's probably the best one to go for. It's me looking at things with my uh, love of the rubber bumper cars that sort of makes me lean towards the later cars. And of course, the 1500 engine has got a little bit more torque than the 1275. So any midget really, I think, is probably a, a good bet for a good, fun, lightweight sports car. Absolutely. And fantastic if you want to get into motorsport. They are absolutely unbeatable. Probably only a Mini can give a midget a run for its money on an auto solo or an auto test. They are, when we see them at the California Cup at MG Live, they are formidable, aren't they? And those that drive them well uh, do some absolute stonking times and auto tests and brilliant for hill climbing as you say relatively affordable a great entry-level sports car although i hate that phrase it's true and when you get a little midget on song up a hill climb somewhere like shelsley walsh or prescott or boness up in scotland where i've seen them drive absolutely crazy times at boness because it's quite a tight little hill climb um, especially through the courtyard at the top of the hill there at Boness Revival. The midgets fly through there just because they're small enough and nimble enough to get round it almost flat, to be honest. It's great to see. And so uh, they are a real aspect of MG motoring that people can get involved with and enjoy motorsport in and in a very special way. Definitely. And like you say, you come to MG Live and see the midgets in the hands of the, the guys from the Ulster Centre. It's, it's phenomenal. I mean, the thing with the midget is because it is, like you say, such a lightweight sports car, it's got that power to weight ratio that does make it so flexible and so nimble. Yeah, really, really underrated car, in my opinion. Well, it's interesting to look at the production figures of the MG Midget because the press would have you believe that the British sports car was coming to an end when it was discontinued in 1980 and that people were starting to move away from these little sports cars. But if you look at the production figures, the Mark One MG Midget sold around 16,000 odd just over. By the time we're in the mid-1960s and the Mark II had arrived they sold just over 26,000 of those. By the time the Mark III arrived, between 66 and the end of the decade, they'd made nearly 22,500. And then by the time you're into the 70s, those round arch cars that I mentioned before, up to 1974 and the arrival of the rubber bumper cars, or the MG Midget 1500, if you want to call it by its model name, they made a whopping 77,800 MG Midgets. You can see That's that, phenomenal. yeah, you can see that demand was growing, not shrinking. So you do wonder where they came up with their figures to say that MGs were no longer wanted by anyone. The very last of them, the MG Midget 1500, was the biggest selling of them all. 73,899 were built up to 1980 when they were discontinued. Um, the last car made in 1979 on the 7th of December for sale the following year. That was the end for the MG Midget. Yeah, well, of course, from sort of 1970, British Leyland went from being the biggest producer of sports cars in the world 
by 1980 to having totally vacated the market. So there was very clearly still a demand for um, for MG sports cars. I know the midget remained very, very popular in the US where it was really, really affordable. Um, and I know that the a lot of the US marketing material put the midget alongside the Triumph Spitfire as two great sports cars from British Leyland. So while... Over here, they're, they're great rivals. In the States, they were sold almost as stablemates. So 100% the demand was still there. I mentioned them in club motorsport there, but a great history in professional motorsport as well. And those Sebring midgets are very, very famous. Sterling Moss driving one of those, which was recently actually restored by our mate, wasn't it? And Anstead for one of his TV programs just a few years ago, ready for classic at Silverstone. Yes, yeah, that was um, that was a lovely story, and I think you can still get that episode on uh, all four the Channel Four Demand service. Right, yeah, fantastic to see it there that year, and obviously in good hands now, and still competing, which is great. Um, I, the best bit about that episode always sticks in my mind was him trying to blag the original engine back, but the guy just wasn't selling it, was he? <laughs> <laughs> a brief chat about the. MG Midget ahead of its 60th anniversary in 2021 and hopefully we'll have lots of MG Midgets joining us at MG Live and as soon as we have information on the dates for MG Live uh, we will of course let you know first here on the MG Car Club podcast but what I can tell you is it'll be at Silverstone and it'll be in the summer. I think that just about covers what we can say at this stage, doesn't it, Adam? I think so, mate. People have to uh, keep listening for all the latest news and updates. Absolutely. Well, also, by the way, a reminder that we are running a bit of a competition at the moment within the MG Car Club. And this is a competition that you can enter very, very easily and very, very simply. And it's a competition you don't even have to answer a question for. Yes, all you have to do is join the MG Car Club or indeed renew your membership. Both ways get you put into the draw for our special prize, which is a leather car cleaning kit uh, supplied to us by uh, the Leather Repair Company. And basically it brings you the chance to win a special leather repair and cleaning kit when you join or renew at any point during October. So before the end of this month, make sure that your membership is up to date. Or if you're not a member of the MG Car Club just yet, make sure you join us. And it's really easy to do. If you go to the podcast landing page at mgpodcast.uk, you can do it there by clicking the Join Today button. Or alternatively, go to our main website at mgcc.co.uk and join through there. And the moment you join, not only will you get membership, Plus, our amazing monthly magazine, Safety Fast, that is included in your membership, but you also get entered into the draw to win that fantastic leather repair kit. Uh, right, new car news now, Adam, because you've spotted something that needs to be uh, looked at by MG Motor, whether they consider their competition across Europe. And it's a new Dacia, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so in Europe, Dacia are about to launch their first electric vehicle. Uh, the Dacia Spring, it's called. Um, it's actually based on a Renault that's sold in the Chinese market. Um, this is a car that I believe is built in China um, and will be a rival squarely at the ZS. Mm. And interestingly, it's gone down that sort of small sports SUV route, just like the ZS. But damn, it's ugly. It's not the prettiest thing on four wheels, I'll give you that. No. However, 
they are planning to sell it with a couple of different variants available, one of which is a light commercial vehicle. So for businesses looking to sort of offset their carbon footprint, for people that are focused purely on the cheapest electric vehicle they can find, um, this stature is going to tick that box, even if it doesn't carry MG's seven-year warranty. Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see another manufacturer go into that low-cost EV space. It's low-cost, though at a cost, if that makes any sense, because this thing, let's put this into context, if you're driving a ZSEV, you're up there with the quick cars on the road. You you know, even never think about the performance. We test drove one last year, didn't we? And it was a great car and uh, it could do everything you need it to do with some quite decent range attached with it as well. But this, this Dacia, flat out at 78 miles per hour. I wonder if that's like with a tailwind or something. Um, but also, the range is an appalling 140 miles. Now, you might think that's not acceptable in today's climate of ever-increasing ranges on electric cars, but the way around this that the Dacia have cleverly used is to call it a short-range electric SUV, <laughs> which is marketing genius, really, to be honest. But I think MG will do very well up against that, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, the the car isn't coming to the UK market, I think, probably because of that, that low range um, and our sort of slightly more spread out EV infrastructure. Um, but if it works at Dacia on the continent, then who knows what they might be planning for their next generation of models. Um, MG have obviously got a significant lead over Dacia um, across Europe already. They're already in uh, a number of markets and they're growing. They've recently just gone back into Germany. Um, so Dacia will be playing catch up. Um, but it's certainly interesting to see another, like I said, another manufacturer in that low cost EV space. And hopefully this means that the cost of electric vehicles for all of us will start to start to drop absolutely well interesting styling it looks like it's had an accident because there's some kind of cleft has been dug out of the door <laughs> uh driver's door and uh and well the, the front and rear doors actually have got this weird kind of i think it's a swage line but it looks like it's had an accident with one of, one of James Bond's Aston Martins with the knives on the end of the wheels you know uh, it looks like it's been ripped open down the sill to me uh, strange styling actually um, certainly I prefer the MG styling that's for sure well an interesting car and one that MG I think should keep an eye on as it uh, continues to grow across the world and also talking of growth interesting that on the one hand we always talk about the fact that mg are doing so well with sales at the moment they're absolutely blitzing their own records it seems month on month but have you noticed on the tv it's jam-packed with adverts for mg now yeah my um my kids called me into the lounge uh, yesterday in fact um they were sat watching the telly and lily very excitedly came and got me and then rewound the tv so she could show me mg's new electric for all tv ad campaign yeah. so yeah brilliant to see mg back on mainstream tv advertising uh, because you know we've we've said on the podcast that MG is a little bit of an open secret. So yeah, if it can raise awareness and get more people buying MGs and get more people joining the club, that's only good news. And you know, MG look after a lot of their heritage and are they use their heritage to sell the cars? 
And what I love about the TV advert campaign they're running at the moment is it's done in the old-fashioned format of old-fashioned car adverts in that, shockingly, you actually see the car that they're trying to sell you. <laughs> we take it for granted, but actually most car adverts now, you don't even see the car much, or you might just get a passing glimpse of the thing whilst uh, they talk more about handbags and clothes and stuff usually. But uh, it is quite an old-fashioned advert in the best sense that it actually shows you the car and sells the car for what it is. And I quite like the advert campaign they're running at the minute. I thought it was really quite powerful, stood out from the fact that it was actually talking about the car instead of some wistful french poetry or something like you get on car adverts now they're more like perfume adverts these days aren't they yeah they are very much sort of selling uh, an idea and a concept rather than a product well they're selling a lifestyle i guess aren't they but mg have actually also sold a lifestyle because it's all about activity getting out in the car the final shot of the advert if i remember it correctly is the whole range parked on the edge of a cliff basically uh just making perhaps the point that they have handbrakes that work now or maybe just making the point that the lifestyle <laughs> is adventurous it's going out there taking the family with you and seeing places and all shot in the uk as well which is interesting so it's kind of like that stay at home have your home holiday you'll need an suv by the mg it's brilliant that's the kind of message in the advert and in many ways, that's the message that we have within the MG Car Club, isn't it, Adam? Because we do have a lifestyle that we offer members, and that lifestyle is getting the most out of your MG, regardless of what age of MG that you drive. Whether it's a vintage T-Type or Triple M car, or perhaps it's an MGB or midgets like we were discussing earlier, right the way through to the Zs or even the MG3s and MG6s. If you're a member of the MG Car Club, you'll get a lot more out of your car by being a member of the club and engaging in our activities. And one of our major activities, of course, is touring and seeing the world at the wheel of your favourite car. And our interview is with Kieran from Scenic Car Tours to tell us more about the packages on offer to our members through the MG Car Club to go out and enjoy MGs. And that interview is next. The MG Car Club podcast. The MG Car Club, the mark of friendship. To take advantage of our many membership benefits, access to our centres and registers, and to receive your copy of Safety Fast magazine, Join us now at mgcc.go.uk Sharing your passion for MG on the MG Car Club podcast. Well, now on the MG Car Club podcast, we're going to take you away to a land far away on an amazing journey as we explore some of the tours that are available to MG Car Club members. And in order to explore those tours and hear about the amazing holidays that you can enjoy with the MG Car Club and how they all come together, I'm joined by Kieran from Scenic Car Tours. Hi, Kieran. Hi, Wayne. How are you doing? Very well, thanks, mate. Uh, I can yeah, imagine yeah. it has been a pretty tough year for you guys. Yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit bonkers. Um, challenging, to say the least, but uh, we got a, we got a very good uh, fraternity of customers that have uh, that have seen us through so on to brighter things next year 
Well, you're very much embedded in the classic car community, and especially in the community of classic car clubs, covering all sorts of different marks. But uh, talking specifically about scenic car tours and where the companies come from, give us a sort of potted history of, of how it all came about. Oh, you have to have to delve back in the archives. But um, I suppose to give an overview for those that don't uh, know scenic car tours, we we like to think at least that we're the uh, the the UK's leading tour operator for the driving enthusiasts. So what that means is that we we operate self-driving tours um, for people that like to enjoy nice scenery and nice roads and nice places. Um, we do a few different things. We uh, we do individual tours. So Mr. and Mrs. Smith want a holiday to Lake Garda. They can they can book on to a set date with us. Um, we arrange events, so a lot of people within the car clubs will know of Leon or Lon, where we take 300-plus cars every year down to France for an event there. And then my main focus as well is, is working with the car clubs, and I do a couple of different things there. Um, I look after the, the car club tours. Um, so for the MG club, we're fortunate enough to be a preferred tour operator for them. So we look after all of the official MG car club tours, but as well as a spin-off, different regions of the MG club, uh, whether it be southern region, northern region, or just a couple of friends um, within a car club. I look after tailor-making tours um, for those people as well um, that might want to do that. But as far as where that all started, um, it goes, goes back a while. Um, we're part of uh, the Albatross Group here in Kent, which not a lot of people have heard of. They've been going for almost 40 years now, predominantly looking after coach tours and group tours. And what happened was, about 10 years ago, uh, Bob, our director, uh, he's been working on group tours and, and social clubs and things like that for about 40 years now, um, which he won't, he won't be pleased with me for saying. Shows his age. Um, but, but he was working for Albatross, just helping them with some of their air tours and group tours and things like that. And uh, one of our accountants, actually, Leslie, uh, was part of our local Porsche club, got talking to Bob, and Bob started as part of Albatross um, running a couple of tours a year for the Porsche Club, and he, I think he thought, oh, a few car clubs out there. Um, so a, a little idea was born, and that was about 10 years ago now. Um, I think he saw a gap in the market where there's a lot of uh, one-man bands that do a very good job of escorting uh, tours, but of course, escorting tours, one person, you can only do so many tours each year, and of course, you know, you're paying um, for that person to escort the tour. So Bob thought, leave them to do what they're very good at. Let's try and do something a bit different, which is where we settled on providing everything we possibly can, but not being on the tour. So we making them much better value for money for those people that, that do want to go out and explore, but just have that, that bit of backup along the way from us in respect of our 24-hour phone line if you need us while you're on the tour, making sure you've got comprehensive road books, which we have got and have now in recent years done a deal with Michelin in Paris to tailor-make their maps so you've got the best quality maps in your road books. Your money's safe with us. Of course, we're ABTOP protected, which I think after this year is uh, is more important than uh, than ever. And yeah, we just like to think you go and do the driving, do the enjoyable bit, We'll be working here in the office to make sure that we do everything else along the way. And um, yeah, yeah, about six months in, got quite busy, 
took off. That's when I uh, that's when I joined. And uh, now we're uh, now we're a team of six. We purchased uh, Continental car tours from John Bowles. Some club members may remember John um, running Continental car tours for many years from Dover and Deal. So we uh, we 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 took them on when John wanted to. Uh, I think he's a bit fed up with the admin, to be honest. Uh, so he he moved on to pastures new, and that was back 2012, 2013, and uh, yeah, the uh, the rest is history, as they say, Wayne. Yes, Jonathan Bowles, of course, are retired now to driving his TR5 round with his mates. Ah, and, uh, one. <laughs> enjoying things. Enjoying, it, enjoying himself as he well should. Absolutely. And this is what it's all about, isn't it? Getting out and about in your cars and seeing places that probably you wouldn't have seen if you tried to do a tour by yourself. And, and I guess the question is, why would someone book with Scenic rather than just get on Google and start looking at hotels? Well, you've tried and tested these hotels but you've also laid out a route that is really tailored to classic car enjoyment haven't you yeah exactly right i mean we 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 understand that how many miles a day a brand new porsche is going to do versus uh, the austin seven club which i look after are going to be two very different things so that's why for our regular programmed tours that's quite difficult to get the balance because you're going to have a real mix of cars on there but that's really where the car club tours and the bespoke tours uh, that we that we do and the service we offer there come into their own because the the trips that we'll offer for the MG Car Club will be you know we'll only recommend them and provide them and work with the club based on tours destinations routes daily mileages that we understand an MG or an MG member will be comfortable with doing in a day and as you allude to we've got we've got Mike here who purely his job is to to make sure those road books are spot on make sure when we get the surveys back when the tours are complete there's any feedback that's there we make sure we act on that and yeah we're not so much this year but uh, before 2020 very fortunate people i know i've got some very jealous friends and family because we have the arduous job of going out and testing these routes you know somebody's somebody's got to do it and make sure that the hotels are up to scratch that there's good car parking and sample the, the food and the wine here and there so yeah we make sure that we make sure that we're confident that people are going to enjoy their tours fantastic this is one of the major drivers for new people coming into the classic car world isn't it they want to come and not only own a car but have a lifestyle and and create a set of memories around it really and we sort of joke about the instagram lifestyle now but if you can have a holiday with your classic car that's instagrammable that goes down really well but of any generation people really are looking for life experiences now when they buy into the classic car world aren't they yeah exactly right and and we just try and take people to places that they may be wouldn't ever find if they're flying over it or traveling through it on a train you know i mean even some of the places that that we've discovered little hidden gems that you think you know you, you have to do your best to explain to people just how amazing some of these places are because you know if you say a name of, of somewhere like leuven in belgium not a lot of people know but it's a, a little gem hidden in uh, hidden in belgium that's like a mini bruges with a lot less tourists and they're just more accessible these places by car and we like to show people and highlight these places to people um to go and travel to them in their car um and, and enjoy them as as much as we have 
and, uh, and, and as much as they should be enjoyed and potentially aren't in the mainstream holiday world, if you like. Mm, absolutely. And, and, of course, the other thing you wouldn't get from going out on your own or going to a more general holiday firm to pick up these trips is that you're often with like-minded people when you're out there. And, and what the great thing about your tours is, is if you want to just do it on your own but follow the package and the route book that you give them, you can do. But also if you want to interact with a larger group of people, there's opportunities to do that and to also meet new people that are of a like mind to you as well, isn't there? Absolutely. One of the biggest keys that came out of uh, an event that we'd done at, at Brooklands earlier in the year was that that is one of the things that brings people back year after year with us is the camaraderie of being around like-minded, not only car enthusiasts, yes, that's the, the common denominator that brings everyone together on these tours, but enthusiasts of being sociable and going out there and seeing different places and destinations and i mean i had i was on our new year's eve tour a few years ago and i i asked if i could join a table of of 10 and they appeared to all know one another and i asked how how they knew one another and uh, they said actually we met last year on your late garda tour and uh, and now we all go away together we've got our own whatsapp group and and they became friends that way and i just think that's really nice and i think you know although we don't force people to have to sit together at dinner every night. We leave that up to, to people's choice. But nine times out of ten, we find that people really do get along and, and gravitate towards each other on the tours. Well, let's talk about some tips for touring then and things people should consider when they're preparing their classic car and also preparing themselves uh, for perhaps a foray into Europe with one of the Scenic Car Tours packages. Uh, before COVID struck... There was a word beginning with B that seems to have all been forgotten now, but it was called Brexit, and it was... Ah. It, well, I'm sorry to bring it up, but... Uh, no, it, don't. It's like, it's like an old friend <laughs> after yeah. COVID. Do you know it's what? like an old yeah. buddy. Yeah, it is, actually, yeah, and he was much more friendly than the one we've got now, that's for sure. <laughs> but um, there were a few worries about how that was going to impact on our ability to travel and the processes and the paperwork that we would need to have to travel. Obviously, we're a little bit further down the line. Has there been any more illumination for you guys on how that's going to impact on your your travel packages and and what tips can you give us for preparing for the post-brexit world well i think if anything and you have to take positives where positives are are, are there to be found and the positive from this year is that uh, it's given a bit of perspective that maybe it's not quite going to be as bad as we thought when we thought it couldn't get worse after brexit um we we, we were we were fooled there so we we don't envisage any major impact um we keep very much up to date with the government advice i know that there's been lots of adverts on the tv lots of publicity in the past few weeks especially about getting ready for a no deal just in case um we obviously keep on top of that and the the government websites are all very much at the moment you may need an international driving permit you might need an extra six months on your passport you may need this you might need that and actually the only real clarification at the moment is that there's a line on their website which says further information will follow and we don't like to get caught up in the, in the media hype that can often put a dampener and doom and gloom on these things we genuinely believe that all of the countries that are involved in this can't possibly afford not to have the tourism 
Um, we speak regularly to our friends at, at P&O Ferries, Eurotunnel, Stenerline, all of the major tour operators, and, um, and, and no one's got any major concerns. We think that maybe January, February, if there's a no deal, you might have some, some teething issues. But the beauty of uh, most car club uh, uh, members and classic car owners is they're not dusting the car off till uh, April or May. And therefore, our tours don't tend to start in, in a big way until April or May, by which time we've got a few months under our belt to, uh, to iron out any creases um, that might come along the way. I was speaking to one of my colleagues earlier um, who actually uh, said that he'd seen there might even be a new e-passport um, system at some of the major ports like Dover, which would actually nullify any additional checks. So you might spend a few more minutes having paperwork checked, but whereas they at the moment have to face ID you with a human being, you might have an e-passport system that will, will actually speed things up. So uh, I suppose our message is don't believe everything you, you read and uh, and do what we do and wait until there's a official government confirmation. But uh, but no, we don't envisage any major issues with our, with our good old friend Brexit. Well, of course, uh, people who travelled before countries like Poland joined the EU, and that's only in recent years, that's within the last sort of 15, 20 years that they've actually been a part of the European Union, will remember that it was actually quite easy to cross out of the EU into those countries beforehand. And I expect that would be just as easy in the post-Brexit world as well. And, um, of course, people toured perfectly well during the 60s, as I'm sure uh, lots of our listeners might even have some memories of their own before uh-huh. in pre-EU time. So, as you say, let's uh, let's not panic too much. But um, No, we've got a very good attitude amongst our customers, and, and, and I've heard more than once, uh, especially when the original Brexit discussions were happening, uh, we travelled before the European Union will travel again afterwards so um, yeah we're not too concerned Absolutely, the main thing is to get your car ready of course because if you've got exactly. a car that's ready and prepared and, and he's up to the challenge then of course you can relax into your holiday all the more and of course your tours they're not too gruelling on a classic car are they and you've mentioned there that you do tailor them for the particular uh, mark of car that you're offering the, the the package to so you're not going to be asking a pre-war car to be chugging two or three hundred miles every day but there are some things that people need to do just to make sure that their cars are prepared uh, it's the usual maintenance things but there are a couple of things like telling insurance companies that you're going as well that people should just be aware of isn't there yeah, exactly right. I mean, the one thing we've always uh, said from day one is uh, we, we don't want to pretend to be something we're not. We're very much experts in putting together lovely holidays uh, and being a very good tour operator. What we what we are certainly not is experts on, on, on classic vintage cars. Um, we leave that to the experts. So what we do say is please, please make sure that you've got comprehensive breakdown cover and car insurance for any trip that you're intending to do and make sure you've taken that policy when you book your tour just so that you know insurance companies can't if there's an issue at a later date say oh no you booked, you took it out too late or, or things like this make sure you've got that i've seen it firsthand when i've gone along on tours where even some of the bigger companies it, it's good enough as long as they can get your car home i've seen an example where car broke down couldn't fix it they repatriated it back to the UK. Yes, the customers had to carry on the tour in an everyday hire car, but they still got their holiday. 
and without that cover it, it just wouldn't happen um we're very fortunate that we're traveling in in numbers here and it's it, it it's often the case that there'll be a couple of volunteers uh within the customer base on the tour that will get involved with trying to get a car running again so that's always handy but it's good to just have that backup um and not only for the car for yourself to make sure you've got travel insurance from the day that you book the trip i think it's often a common misconception that people feel oh i'll just get the travel insurance at the port um before i go if you have an issue before you travel where you need to counsel for medical reasons or whatever it might be we may be committed to your suppliers at that point and that's where your travel insurance really does step in to make sure you're covered not only on the tour but if there's an issue before you go on the tour that's great advice actually and of course the great thing is within the mg car club we have a whole panel of insurance experts that can help you get the right breakdown cover and insurance to cover your trip and also there's lots of expertise within the mg car club to make sure that you can carry the right spares and there's advice within the car club uh, especially with amongst the registers uh, to advise you on what those spares should be and also a basic toolkit that sh you should take along with your mg as well so it's a really a good case of you working as normal, Kieran, with the car club to advise people through the club. And that's the advantage of working with the car clubs, because that's where the expertise to prepare cars ready for touring comes from, isn't it? Yeah, exactly right. Um, car clubs uh, are an absolutely great platform. Um, and I see that throughout uh, the clubs I go and deal with, speak to, visit, see at car shows. The, the, the reason that people are, are re-signing up for car clubs year after year is because they've got that support, that support they wouldn't get if they're on their own or might struggle to find online. They've got it, you know, with their car club membership. It's there for them. It it, it just it just really helps. And and we always signpost customers that do ask us those questions to those to those relevant car clubs. For that reason, we're no expert in that. Um, we are experts in travel and what we do and uh, and we, we like to make sure that people get the correct information. I guess I ought to touch on this, Kieran, and I'm sure you're sick to death of talking about this word, but COVID. <laughs> I, think we all, I think we all are. I knew what was coming there, Wayne. <laughs> We've got to talk about it because it's, uh, it's, of course, forefront in everyone's minds at the moment, and I know yeah. you've had a torrid year of cancellations and uh, the whole travel industry has struggled through this. And, of course, all of us in car clubs have been uh, uh, thrown upside down by it all because all of our normal events and all the things we've been looking forward to this year have had to be cancelled or postponed to next year but moving forward from this point and looking positively into the future what's your plans uh, to change the way that you run tours from this point onwards and and how are you dealing with the covid situation into the next year or two well i think it's important to say that without our customers and members of the car club we would be in a, a, a much dire situation than we are sat here today. I, I have to give plaudits to those customers. They have been absolutely incredible. I think it's a credit to the relationships that we've built over the years. I think it's credit to the fact that we have always had an ethos of being extremely flexible with our customers um, over the years, that now this year when we need that reciprocated, customers have understood that it isn't us being inflexible it's us being as flexible as we can in a very inflexible environment so yeah it's been a challenge um but we we have a much better understanding now 
uh, of what you can, can't, should do. Um, turns out that nobody, uh, nobody in our team had quite got experience of a of a worldwide pandemic before. Um, we certainly do now. We have it all written down for if it ever happens again. We hope it doesn't. So as you say, we look forward. Um, I think everybody, everybody uh, is fed up of, of being stuck indoors and just want something to look forward to. So we're doing everything we can to give people that confidence to book something and have something to look forward to. We're going out with our COVID commitment, which is that if a tour cannot go ahead because of travel bans, because the government have said you can't, we're committed that people aren't going to lose their money. Yes, as we said this year, let's hope it doesn't happen next year. But if it does and you get the odd tour that has to cancel or postpone, although we'd love customers to work with us to help us to roll that money forward, as we've done this year, if there genuinely are people that want that money back, we're not we're not a Ryanair of this world. Uh, we, we, we're going to give that back. We have given that back. And so we want people to book with confidence to know that if COVID does get in the way, we're not we're we're not going to let it get in the way, um, so people can book with confidence in that respect. On the same or in the same vein, we're on most of our tours um, just launching our no deposit until the end of January because we understand during the winter, you know, people are, are still going to be feeling a little bit. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I want to commit to that um, after the year they've had. So most of our tours, give us a call. And, uh, and we'll let you know which ones they are. They are the majority of them where you won't have to pay a deposit until the end of January just to give that, that bit of time for us all to take stock and, and see what's going on in the world. But the good news, and, and, and uh, you know, you're, you're quite right, uh, Wayne, uh, the positive news is that we have got people absolutely itching to get away, so much so that I think the last look, we had over 2,000 cars already booked to go on tours with us next year, which is incredible. So our our message really is make sure if you if you want something to look forward to, it might sound like a sales ploy, but I assure you it isn't. Get in now because you don't want to leave it too late and, and not have the space there to go and do the, the trip that will, I'm sure, brighten your year after a, a, a torrid year in 2020. Taking us forward then into that bright future, Kieran, give us a flavour of some of the tours that you've got on offer for MG Car Club members into the next year or two. Yeah, of course. So we've got uh, we, we, we've got all the tours on sale now uh, for the exclusive tours that we do just for MG Car Club members. We've got uh, a bit closer to home. We've got uh, Northern Ireland, which is the famous Causeway Coastal Route. Um, anybody who just thinks, oh, Northern Ireland, I have to say I've done it a couple of times. And some of the scenery along those coastal roads is is absolutely breathtaking and, and you don't quite realize you're in northern ireland and it, it's a lovely a lovely tour you've got the feeling that you're going away because you're going on a boat but you're sticking in the uk so for those that are not feeling as confident of going a bit further afield that's one of our tours that over the years has been a good starter um for for, for those people that maybe are a bit anxious about traveling uh, a long distance right away then we've got the uh, the german tour uh, in may we're going to the black forest do the B500 route, wonderful, wonderful scenery, wonderful bending roads and uh, and some good Black Forest Gatto as well. And then last but not least, uh, once we get the uh, once we get the date confirmed for MG Live and to attract some more people from further afield to come to MG Live, 
afterwards we're going to be doing a four-day tour of the of the peak district just so that people if they're coming from further afield if you're coming from abroad if you're coming from maybe the north of scotland right down in the, in cornwall for example you feel like you're not just coming up for the weekend you're making a week of it Brilliant, and a fantastic uh, set of driving roads in the Peak Districts as well. We mustn't forget our lovely places at home here in the UK that we can enjoy as well. So, uh, yeah, great to hear absolutely that. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. And I think after after this year, because there's been a, a, a obviously a, a large proportion of the year where you have only been able to stick to the UK, and I actually see the positives in that that we've all been able to spend a bit more time seeing what wonderful roads and scenery and places we've got here right on our doorstep absolutely well as you look back over the past few years kieran that you've been involved with scenic car tours and the car club events in particular how have you seen the type of tours that people are looking for are asking you for and have proved popular has has there been a shift has there been a change are people getting more adventurous or less how have you seen things evolve I think as some of our more regular customers get more confident in not only their own ability to, to, to drive further afield, but also they trust us now. They know that they know that uh, we're the real deal, I suppose, for want of a for want of a better term. Those those core customers are really starting to get adventurous, really starting to explore. We did our um, inaugural London to Moscow run uh, last year, which went really, really well. We got a lovely picture of one of the lotus lands in in red square in moscow next year maybe because it's probably one of the only places in the world that is covid free at the moment we've actually got quite a few cars booked to do our trip to chernobyl um (laughs) but following the uh following the uh the the hit hbo series on sky last year james and bob here in the office uh really wanted to put a tour out for it and Good old Kieran here said, not a chance we'll get bookings on that. And uh, it's been ever so popular, I think, because it's just something a bit different, a bit intriguing. So, yeah, that really took me by surprise. So, um, yeah, of course, a lot of people that have travelled this lot are getting more confident, going further afield. And uh, and uh, maybe after this year as well, thinking, let's get that bucket list ticked off. So um, definitely going further afield. But then we've got, especially as I just, you know, as I alluded to with regards to uh some of the other tours a bit earlier on when we've got newer customers newer car club members that maybe haven't traveled with us before we still get northern ireland jersey peak district lake district northern france you know holland places like that are always ever so popular because they're good i suppose dipping your toe in the water you know just testing getting the feel for it it's not massive mileage so they have remained consistent over the years as being very popular. And, of course, the emerging uh, the emerging tour that is right up there as far as popular trips are concerned, especially this year when you couldn't go to too many other places, uh, North Coast 500 of Scotland, just absolutely bonkers. Um, which stunning, is obviously stunning gr- roads. Great, great, great for the UK economy yeah. as well, which is good. Um, great for us because we, uh, we we obviously took as much space as we could for 2021 there and that is honestly almost sold out for 2021 for us for the dates that we got which is which is crazy really but um, yeah got some lovely places closer to home as well 
Well, now that we've inspired you to get your car out and go touring with us in 2021, you'll be wanting to know how you can get hold of all the information on these events. It's really easy. All you have to do is grab your copy of Safety Fast magazine and you'll find all of the details listed in there for you. Scenic Car Tours have uh, at least a full page in every single magazine and all of the details of the tours and packages that are on offer are there. Or, of course, you can get in touch with Kieran direct, Kieran, can't they? And uh, just come to you and, and chat about the sort of places they might want to see from one of your tailored packages. So how can they do that? Absolutely, Wayne. We, we always say and have always stuck by that we absolutely okay it, it saves us a bit of time when people book online every now and then and if people prefer to do that no problem but we absolutely love talking to our customers we really miss that contact at car shows this year we're not a company that that shies away from that contact even through uh, the pandemic this year you couldn't get hold of tour companies but we always made sure that even if you didn't get through first time we'd call you straight back um, and, and we continue to do that and i know that any of the guys here um, including myself, more than happy to, to talk to people over the phone. Best number to get us on, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, 01732 879 Kieran from Scenic Car Tours, thanks very much for joining us. No problem at all, Wayne, it's a pleasure. The MG Car Club Podcast. Safety Fast, the magazine of the MG Car Club. Get your copy now by joining us at mgcc.co. Well, after that interview, Adam, I'm ready for a holiday now. I've already got ideas of going across Europe in the MG and enjoying the company of others and enjoying the best roads that the world has to offer. And also, of course, some of those uh, tours in the UK you mentioned. Uh, we're all sort of having staycations, I guess, as they're called now. But uh, this is what the MG Car Club is all about, though, isn't it? It's about opening up new experiences for people to have in their MGs, stuff that you wouldn't be, have access to kind of if you're on your own do you know what I mean great opportunity to meet you know other club members from right across the country and really get out there and get the very most from owning an MG be it you know a dinky little two-seater midget or you know a bigger MGZT or something like that you know scenic car tours really do cover um, every option for, for touring in your car and they are great holidays absolutely uh, also we have a great shop as well time to sell stuff again Adam <laughs> and uh, this is where all the listeners go oh you're going to cost me more money because uh, uh, <laughs> one feedback we get a lot from this podcast is that it costs people money listening into it because they hear about all the amazing things that are in the MG Car Club shop and can't resist and I think uh, this stuff is going to be no different now if you have a lay in your family that is equally an mg fan we actually have mg ladies watches in at the moment uh, ideal christmas gifts but they are limited to only 75 in stock adam so uh, make sure you get sarah one very very quickly uh, that is the mg car club ladies watch it's got the mg logo on it and they're just 70 pounds which is a remarkable price considering they are top gear these top quality stuff aren't they yeah and like you say they are limited um, there's only a few of them so if you do want to get one for that special someone in your life then uh, you know now is the time to do it because 
Well, shop early for Christmas and save yourself all the hassle and heartache when you're running around in November and December, desperately trying to find the right gift. Get it now and uh, get yourself sorted, and then you can just chill out and enjoy the autumn and the winter. Absolutely. And if you are one of those MG ladies listening into us, and I know we've got lots listening into the podcast who are MG fans, and a couple of things I think you could do here: you could either leave open safety fast like laying around with that open on the page (laughs) the best way to do it is to uh like wait till um the computer's on and leave it up on the screen uh you know uh, go on to the follow the links from the mg car club newsletter uh that will that you will have found this podcast on hopefully and uh open the link and leave it up on the screen for your partner to find or perhaps actually what you need to do is play this section of the podcast in the car or at home wherever you're listening to us really really loud so that people know that it's the mg ladies watch that you would like for christmas and hopefully that's helped some of the ladies listening in to uh, get their other halves to understand what it is they want for Christmas. We have to have tactics like this, don't we, Adam? <laughs> sometimes, you know, you need all the help you can get. Subtlety just won't cut it sometimes. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so I'm hoping all the ladies listening, if they want that watch for Christmas, and why wouldn't you uh, now successfully receive it on the 25th from Santa himself? So we've helped you there. Uh, also, uh, anniversary stuff still ongoing in the shop. Uh, anniversary ties. We talked about these earlier on in the year. And if you want to look smart and celebrate 90 years of the MG Car Club, this is the stuff you need. Anniversary, very smart ties, £17.50 they are, and they're in stock now at shop.mgcc.co.uk. I understand that tie wearing is coming back into fashion. And I saw uh, our longtime listener, Josh Langstaff, was um, showing off his MG tie the other day. So, uh, hey, if it's good enough for Josh, it's good enough for me. You can find them online now, as I say, shop.mgcc.co.uk. And just like the ladies' watches, fantastic gifts for Christmas because although it does feel a little bit odd talking about it in October as soon as you've realized Christmas is coming it's upon you so best get in now before they all sell out that's the best way to do it nice and in advance and you can sit back and chill knowing that the MG Car Club has sorted out all of your Christmas shopping for you there's loads of other stuff online as well that you can find at mgcc.co.uk well That just about brings to a close another fantastic MG Car Club podcast. It's been nice chatting with you, Adam, again. And uh, from me, Wayne Scott, I'll see you all next week. And from me, Adam Sloman, I'll see you soon. Subscribe to receive new episodes of the MG Car Club podcast at mgpodcast.uk.